Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host Gabe Thomas, with me as always is your co-host Francisco Alcala. Today we're talking about 2003's Daredevil. This is a movie that's like notoriously not very well liked, but I liked it. Yeah, I thought I was gonna hate it. It's actually pretty entertaining. Well, me too, but before we say literally anything else, because I think we literally just destroyed all our credibility, we watched the director's cut, we watched the theatrical one. Everyone says the the director's cut is way better because... A lot of things make more sense because there's more time to explain stuff. So we're not talking about the one that you probably saw in the theater back in 2003. We're talking about the one that was released on like November 2004, I think, on DVD. What was the difference? There, I mean, other than the Coolio stuff, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I don't really remember. I don't think I've seen the theatrical cut in like five years, probably. I think this Maybe is the more. first time I've ever seen this movie, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't know what well, the difference is. Well, it's not is. exactly like a huge cornerstone of pop culture. Well, yeah. I mean. But it was, or the theatrical cut was released on February 13th, 2003. Perfect Valentine's Day movie, I guess. And it was written and directed by Mark Steven Johnson, who also we'll be talking about in a few movies from now, because he also directed Ghost Rider. I think Daredevil and Ghost Rider kind of have the same energy. Yeah, I could tell. In, in a way. <laughs> and also, they're both really dumb movies that I like a lot. I think at this point, he'd only, like, written the grumpy old men movies. Have you seen those? No. I've never seen them. I can't remember who's in them. They're from the 90s. It's like... Alright, I'm just gonna find this out real quick, because I don't really remember. It's Jack Lemmon and fucking Walter Matthew, so they were both, like, like classic movie stars, and so that's kind of, like, their... You know that movie that came out, like, a year or two ago called Going in Style? It was, like, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. Like, it was just, like, an Alan Arkin, I think. It was, like, it's just old guys having a, a good time or whatever. There was another one called Last Vegas, I think. Why is that just like a movie genre? Just old people having fun. Space <laughs> Cowboys. There's another one. There's a lot of them. I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy movies where like the stars are older because older people give less of a fuck and they're kind of more entertaining because like when you watch movies where it's all older people, it's like, yeah, these guys have lived a fucking life. They're from past generations and as long as they're not super racist, they're usually <laughs> pretty entertaining. All he'd done at this point is really written those. This had a budget of 78 million, so that's more around X-Men's budget than Spider-Man's. And it made 179 million, so that's that's more than double. But it didn't do like 821 or like fucking Spider-Man did. No, but it's not exactly like a a failure. And so if you haven't seen this because it is from like 16 years ago, I think we've talked about before with some of these movies. A lot of people who listen to this, their main education is probably just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and which is very different than 2000s Marvel movies. Yeah, and something I want to talk about (laughs) where a guy gets his spine broken and then run over by a train well this is the the r-rated <laughs> cut uh but the spine or not the spine but the guy getting hit by a train is in the theatrical cut because i always remember that line hey that light at the end of the tunnel guess what that's not heaven I'm getting him, I'm getting him. That's the sea train! Because there's a similar scene in Spider-Man 3, kind of, when he, like, is having the fight with Sandman at, near the train stations, and... You remember Ben Parker, the old man he shot down in cold blood? What does it matter to you anyway? It's my favorite thing, because then Spider-Man goes, EVERYTHING! <laughs> EVERYTHING! It's one of my favorite deliveries in the whole trilogy. (laughs) One thing I want to get right off the bat is something that really annoyed me during this movie. You know how all the MCU movies... Some of them aren't too bad, but a lot of them are like, 
Oh, Thor. Oh, Thor. It's Thor. Remember Thor? He's in this universe. Oh, Captain America. Captain America, he's in this universe. Like in other people's movies. Mm -hmm. Well, this doesn't have constant references to other superheroes. It just has constant references to Daredevil. (laughs) No, it has constant references to comic book creators. And they're not clever. So these are all the ones that I caught. (laughs) It has references to Jack Kirby, Joe Quesada, Frank Miller, Brian Michael Bendis, Stanley, John Romita, Gene Colan, Ben Everett, Gil Kane, and David Mack, who have all worked on Daredevil at some point or another. The Frank Miller Daredevil run is the one that this takes the most from, and the Frank Miller Daredevil run is one of my favorite runs of comics ever, and so that's a good thing to take from. It's the most iconic. It also takes a little bit from the Kevin Smith run that was going on at the time. Of course, Kevin Smith is in this movie in a little small part. And his name is Kirby, after Jack Kirby, who, of course, you know, he's one of the big three for Marvel, Steve Ditko, Stanley, Jack Kirby. But I hated it. <laughs> because Also, they make Joe, Joe Quesada, who was, like, Marvel's editor-in-chief for a long time. They make him Jose Quesada, and they make him a, that rapist who's on trial. Yeah, that's... that's... a little weird. <laughs> I don't, I <laughs> I don't know how say I feel that, about that one. Because I think he was moderately well-liked. I don't know yeah. why you would make him a rapist. I, I don't like any of that. Like, the guy that Matt's dad uh, has the match against is, is Romita, John Romita, and his son, John Romita Jr., both very well-regarded comic book artists. I didn't like any of that. <laughs> There's just too much of it, and it was annoying. And of course, Stanley, he gets his cameo. Uh, he as almost a, dies. <laughs> yeah, as I think he probably does in a lot of these, just because it's easy to have an old man peril. Matt Murdock stops him from getting hit by a truck, which I think is also a reference to the original origin of Daredevil, because Matt Murdock in this, he just gets blinded running away from the, his dad who's doing a crime thing. I always thought that Matt Murdock's backstory was fucking weird. <laughs> it, well, it's also in the Ninja Turtles, which we'll talk about in a second. Originally... Matt Murdock got his powers, he gets splashed with the radiation after saving an old man from almost getting hit by the truck. He saves an old man from this just as like a little comic moment so you get your Stan Lee cameo. It's a much easier Stan Lee cameo than I think we've gotten in a Marvel movie so far. Cause like, you see him real quick in X-Men and even quicker in Spider-Man. In this it's more of like a, it pauses on him and is like, oh that's, that's somebody isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like a 30 second like shot. It's still not to the point where like Rise of the Silver Surfer is Spider-Man 3, which we're the same year actually, <laughs> but where it's like, oh... He's still like where they say Stanley or where he gets a, a a moment. And best Stanley cameo ever is a Mallrats Kevin Smith movie. Lots of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Matter of fact, last time I looked, I was way ahead. Damn that's hot! At this point, Ben Affleck, who we should talk about right now, who's obviously the star of this movie. At this point, he'd done Goodwill Hunting, you know, with Matt Damon and Robin Williams. That's a great film. But he'd mostly been in Kevin Smith movies. He was in Chasing Amy. He was in Mallrats very briefly. He was in Jane Silent Bob Strike back at this point. And that's why Kevin Smith gets a cameo. Because one, he was writing the book at the time. Two, he, he got Ben Affleck into this role. Something I've always thought is weird is in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, the whole thing is... Uh, they're making a movie about Jay and Silent Bob in Hollywood about their, like, because they have, like, comic book alter egos for some reason in the View Askew universe because all the Kevin Smith movies are connected. Jay and Silent Bob are in all of them. That's a universe I love, and I think we should binge all of them at some point. (laughs) They're very dated but very great, and, like, they got me through a lot of middle school (laughs) because I would just watch them all the time. But in that movie, which Ben Affleck is in as his character Holden McNeil from Chasing Amy, and he's in as himself, and there's this joke in that movie about... (laughs) Ben Affleck has, like, a code for dead hookers in his trailer. 
Oh, Jesus, again, Ben? No bullshit, because I wasn't with a hooker today. Ha ha! In that movie when they go to Hollywood, where they're making Scream 4, er, they run by real quick, and there's a guy in a Daredevil costume. And then that was 2001, two years later, Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith in Daredevil. That's weird. Basic plot, I mean, I guess if you know what Daredevil's whole thing is, he's a blind lawyer, and he's a crime fighter by night. That's pretty much it. The plot of this, you know, there's Elektra and Kingpin and Bullseye, who is awful, and... (laughs) Bullseye. The plot isn't really important. It's more a vessel for the action scenes. That forehead scar is terrible, and I hate it. The thing is, though, I love... Colin Farrell and stuff. I think he's great and he makes me fucking cry in Bruges. In Bruges is one of my favorite movies of all time. I killed a little boy. And save the next little boy. Just go away somewhere. Get out of this business and try to do something good. You're not gonna help anybody dead. You're not gonna bring that boy back. But that was 2008, <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> At this point, he'd only done Phone Booth and maybe SWAT was at this- I think SWAT was later in 2003, and then, like, Hearts War with Bruce Willis. But he's the worst part of this movie. He's really bad. Bullseye in the comics is kind of a wacky character a lot of the time, but not, like, in this bad. It really just doesn't feel right. No. And he's, like, he's just riding motorcycles while listening to fucking, I don't know, whatever trash music is on (laughs) the album at the time. I cracked up so hard during this movie because it's 2003, uh, so they unironically play... You, well, <laughs> yeah, I will let you talk about the most, probably the most infamous scene from the whole film. That is where the song comes from. The song is <laughs> Wait, really? from the album, yes. That's great. Right? <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> That's fantastic. So do you want to explain what happens? You have to set up the scene, too. Okay. The so... sandbag scene, which I asked you about last week. Before this... Electra thinks that Daredevil killed her dad, mm-hmm. but it was really Bullseye, and that was a bunch of, like, weird shit. Even though she was there, and she watched it happen, yeah, so why but would she think it I was think Daredevil? I think she saw, I don't know if she saw that whole thing, I think she just saw the, cause the stick, his billy yeah. club goes into her dad, that's pretty incriminating. I think that's a pretty good, like, pun intended framing device, like, yeah, yeah it looks uh, like, yeah. it, it does look like he killed it's so, like Spider-Man bringing Norman Osborn's corpse home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so Electra thinks that Daredevil killed her dad, so now she's all mad. Mm-hmm. So she decides to somehow set up a bunch of sandbags to, like, come out of the ceiling, even though, how were they coming out? I don't know. Who's dropping them? Yeah, who's dropping these sandbags in this dark room? They drop, like, one at a time. So she's dropping sandbags, and she's stabbing them a whole lot. And while this is happening... <laughs> Uh, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence is playing. Yeah, so you have fucking Amy Lee belting out. Oh, it. and also there's random, like, shots of Ben Affleck looking at himself in the mirror. And, like, putting, suiting up and stuff. Yeah, but why is he looking at himself in the mirror when he's blind? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly, that's a really good point. I wasn't even thinking, I was too focused on the fucking sandbag that has a cartoon devil on it. Yeah, he... like, okay, the suiting up is fine, but why is he looking at himself I in the mirror? Know, he can't I don't know, I don't know. Oh my god. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> so the entire scene is just so funny. It's so 
funny. That's one of my favorite scenes. Like, even if the song was different, the scene would still be hilarious because he was dropping these sandbags. And why did she, like, paint a devil on one of them? Yeah. <laughs> like, is that for the audience to be like, oh, she's gonna go get him. And then she tries to go get him. Actually, she gets him pretty good. Even though she just stabs him in the shoulder and then he gives up? <laughs> yeah, but, like, you'd think it would be, like, an equal match thing, but she gets him. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because I've always kind of thought that Electra was always, like... Lame. <laughs> no, I like no, I love her. As I was gonna say, I think she's always been a better fighter than he is. Yeah. And so I kinda like that little moment where she does overpower him and she kinda overpowers him during the terrible playground fight. <laughs> no, I didn't think that was terrible. I thought that was hilarious. Well, it's hilarious, but it's it's awful. It should why is it in this film? She, so okay, wait, first of all, why is she assaulting a guy that she is thinks is bl- blind? Yeah. Or is blind, yeah. So she's assaulting a blind man. Then they just start <laughs> Fucking having a full-on martial arts fight in this open playground. It's half fight, half dance. Like, it's so choreographed and awful. It's like the lightsaber fights in the prequels. They jump on fucking seesaws. Yeah, I know. And I mean... Props to whoever the two stunt people for that were, because it's hard to have two people balance on a seesaw at the same time. But that's a really bad scene, because they do it in front of, like, a bunch of kids, because it's on a playground. And there's all these kids watching as they just beat each other, as she's beating up a blind man. And Doug Walker, who's the nostalgia critic. Oh, God. Yeah, I I don't know if I can even reference him because he's been banished to the Shadow Realm or whatever. He's been banished to the Shadow Realm for a while. But I'll always always like him. I'll always support Doug. I know he's turned a blind eye to way too much, and I've read the reports, I know. But I think he's done the least... Like, it's mostly the people under him who've done all that stuff. Yeah. He hasn't done any of the weird sex stuff. He just hasn't really... Stopped it. No, which is, <laughs> is terrible. But I can reference this because it's it's from, like, five years ago when he, <laughs> this stuff wasn't on the table. He comments in his Daredevil review, which is probably one of my favorite reviews of his, but I purposely didn't rewatch it before this just because I'd n- I never watch, like, stuff about these movies before I talk about it because I know I'll just repeat everything they say, and that's, like, yeah, my greatest that, fear. That kind of ruins the purpose of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to have your own thoughts. But I just, I like the part, because he talks about that scene, and he's like, If you lose, you got beaten by a blind guy. Pretty pathetic. But if you win, congrats! You beat the shit out of a fucking blind guy! But what's a good scene is the scene before that, where it's Foggy Nelson, who's played by John Favreau, who is it's happy... Part of the movie. Yes, he absolutely is. <laughs> He's Happy Hogan in the Iron Man films. He directed the first two Iron Man movies, directed the Jungle Book, he directed all sorts of stuff. He's great. He's wonderful. Just, yeah, absolutely. My favorite joke in the whole movie is the Fight Club joke, where <laughs> he's like, "How'd you get that scar?" And that's like, "Oh, you know." I'm in the Fight Club. Then it's the first rule of Fight Club: don't talk about Fight Club. So you're you're not in the Fight Club. You're out of it. You can it, see the movie. I'm sure it's a funny joke but I didn't see it. It's like you whenever you make a reference that I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't fucking see the movie. I don't get it. I guess so, yeah. But, which is, it's weird because that's, we talk about David Fincher a lot on this podcast. <laughs> but David Fincher directed Fight Club. Later, he would direct Ben Affleck and Gone Girl 11 years later. But it's kind of interesting that he talks about a David Fincher movie in this and then he's in a David Fincher movie later. And now I would love to talk about a trope I've noticed, which is the Ben Affleck shower scene. There's three movies I can think of where Ben Affleck has, like, the same scene. <laughs> Only one of them you see his dick, but there's three where he has the same exact shower scene where he's, like, up against the wall and he's brooding and there's, like, all this steam going on. One is in this, two is in Gone Girl, and then three is Batman v Superman. All three of these he has a shower scene. Gone Girl's the one where you see his dick. 
But also, you never see his. Uh, this is gonna sound really weird, but you never you don't see if he has abs in this. Most of these movies, there's been is that an ab all shot. You're looking for the whole movie uh, during that scene, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I just wanted to know. I mean, you know, he's in good shape, I'm sure. <laughs> Not in a weird way, just in a, no, in the weirdest they, <laughs> way. Oh my god! I hope that we don't like do really well later on in life, and then people come <laughs> back to this podcast and they're like, "Wait a minute!" I hope <laughs> the we're fuck not successful about? people like ever. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> so that so they can't doesn't... bring up when Gabe was sh- trying to figure out if 2003 Ben Affleck had abs or not. You know, I mean, I'll stick by and it. Then I talking about Ben Affleck's dick and Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the first person to talk about Ben Affleck's dick and Gone Girl. Come on. <laughs> now I think is just a good time to talk about Ben Affleck, who I really like. I think he's really funny in Kevin Smith movies. He's great as the most Boston man you've ever seen, Goodwill Hunting. Where <laughs> Do I come here? I come here a bit. I'm here, uh, you know, from time to time. Whenever you hear, like, a stereotypical Boston impression, it's they're doing Ben Affleck in that movie. Like, it's like, <laughs> ah, in the feckin' guy. Like, that's how... And I'm, I'm from New Hampshire, so my family, we would always take trips to Massachusetts. So I, I've been to Boston several times. Everyone is like that. Like, that <laughs> really? isn't a stereotype. Everybody is like that. <laughs> and my family's always been, like, into wrestling, so I would go to wrestling shows in Boston. Wrestling oh, fans... No. <laughs> wrestling fans are notoriously, like, l- really loud... And so wrestling in Boston is like is like it's the craziest the, it's the craziest most stereotypical crowd in the world. And <laughs> it's kind of wonderful, and I kind of miss it. I'm I'm kind of just imagining like Spider-Man extras, but with Boston. Well, it's Boston. It's, yeah, Boston. <laughs> you're you're there. Are you from Boston? Fuck. Yeah, Thick. <laughs> ben Affleck. He, uh, I think he wanted to be Batman at this point, which obviously worked out later in life, and then he hated it. Um, even though he's he's very good in that terrible movie, he's a solid Batman. If Except he if he, he wasn't killing people, everybody, yeah, I know. <laughs> when he blows up cars, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe in like eight years we'll finally talk about that movie. <laughs> but but he's good in this. I think he's good. I think he's a really good choice for this character, and he's very dedicated. He is like he's a cool Hollywood guy, but he's also a huge like. He's a huge dork. I mean, if you're in Kevin Smith movies, you're probably a nerd. Because yeah. <laughs> Kevin Smith is, like, the nerdiest successful filmmaker of all time. I mean, like, it's obvious that he cared. Yeah, like, well... he put effort in. Well, the um, he read every comic that Daredevil was ever in. And what? I don't just mean all of the runs. I mean, including, like, all of his appearances. He found everyone, because when you have Hollywood money, you can do that. <laughs> and so he read every Daredevil comic before this. And I think you can tell, because he's a great Daredevil. Like, I mean, it's inevitable that at some point we're going to have to talk about the Devil, Devil Netflix show, which I don't think you've seen. Nope. I've seen... I haven't seen any of the shows. Oh, man. You're... I would say find season one of Daredevil. It's really great. There's, like, 13 episodes, but it's maybe the best superhero TV show? He's blind, because he gets blinded by the radiation, which, in the original Ninja Turtles run, that radiation... A, a kid saves an old man in the street, and this is Mirage Comics. So, you know, Mirage obviously doesn't have the Marvel license, but there's just a kid who saves an old man from radiation, gets radiation in the face. That radiation goes into the sewer, hits all those turtles and a rat, and they all grow up to be the Ninja Turtles and Splinter. Is that a is that a canon thing to, like, Daredevil, or is that just a Ninja Turtles it's thing? It's just a Ninja Turtles thing. Okay. It's not, like... I mean, I think... Like, does Marvel acknowledge that that's, those are the same things? I've never heard anyone talk about it from Marvel. Like, I've never heard fucking Stan Lee or, or more realistically, Joe Quesada, because Stan Lee's <laughs> not going to address that. That's dumb. <laughs> Just any PR guy be like, 
I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure somebody said something. And maybe if I find a clip about someone talking about that, I'll throw it in. But well, they decided when they were coming up with Ninja Turtles that the same chemical, they were big Daredevil fans, mm-hmm. that the same mm-hmm. the same chemical spillage that blinded Matt Murdock then went into the sewer wow. and created the Ninja Turtles. Ben Affleck and Charlie Cox, he plays them in the Netflix show. I think they both do a great job. They're kind of different portrayals. They both do really good. Um, Michael Clark Duncan, he's not in it enough. He's Kingpin. He's not in it that much. But he's fantastic when he's there. Yeah, I thought, he's super intimidating. Yeah, it was kind of sad that he wasn't in it more. Yeah, right. He's kind of especially for him to be like the main villain of the movie. I mean, I feel like, like Bullseye's really the main villain, which is weird because he's just like a lackey. Exactly. He's like the like mini. That, he's the well, he's the mini boss, and then Kingpin's the big guy that you fight at the end. But I feel like if he's gonna be like the main villain, then he should be in it a little more. He's in what like three scenes. Yeah, I think you don't notice it as much in the theatrical cut because it's shorter. So. It, his scenes feel closer together. It? It's like 30 minutes shorter. Oh, shit. I think the original is 143 and this one's 213. Yeah. So you don't feel that distance as much as I never remembered feeling that. Like, oh, man, he's not in it enough. But in this, there's so much else going on that he's not in it. But he's awesome when he's in it. Um, Obviously, he's in the Green Mile. He has that wonderful execution scene. <laughs> That's really, really sad. Don't put me into talk. I was afraid of the talk. I feel terrible because that's a huge gap in my knowledge. I've never seen that movie, but that scene is incredible where he talks about... That's actually kind of surprising that you've never seen that movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you've seen like every movie. So well, like, that, how have you no, not seen I have, it? <laughs> I, have, I have some pretty big gaps, I think, because I, yeah, I've seen a lot of movies, but a lot of, a lot of the time I'll opt to see like smaller movies than like the most well-known movies i think like i've seen most of the quintessential stuff that you should see but some of it i miss because i'm like well you know i'd rather watch a little shop of horrors than fucking top gun i've never seen top gun (laughs) so there's another one he's in that he's in sin city and he's actually passed since passed away which that really sucks that's a huge loss that's like a a race change that people didn't get upset about which is good like that's i it's good but also like kind of surprising (laughs) i'm never bothered by like i i am usually all for like like a white character being changed to an african-american character that is a change i think that character is no i think that's good it's when a character who isn't white is changed to a white guy where i don't then there's a problem that's (laughs) because that's taking away representation i think adding representation is always good i mean now things are done too gratuitously i think where it's yeah but if it doesn't feel forced then i think that's why people are bothered by it so much now because it just feels like they're doing it for the sake of like inclusiveness and not because it's all well it's all pr it's all looking good but it shouldn't be like a big thing it shouldn't matter the changing like guy heroes into female heroes why Ms. Marvel started out as, as Mr. Marvel, as Captain Marvel, and then turned into a woman in the comics, so that was yeah, a gradual I mean, like, possession. There's no real, like, problem with it, well, there's but like, sometimes it there's, just feels a little there's forced. There's that that makes sense, because that happened in, like, the 80s, so yeah. that's always been a thing. But then, it was, like, around 2013, where they made Thor, all of a sudden, Thor's a woman. Iron um, Man's a woman. <laughs> yeah, Iron, yeah, and then fucking uh, Brandon Cho is the Hulk, so he's, like, Korean-American, and there was this huge push for, and Miles, that's where Miles Morales came from was that kind of that thing where it was it just felt like there was so much like trying to be inclusive all at once that it kind of felt like they were trying too hard it felt cynical honestly like and i think inclusion should never be cynical it should be like like a thing that you do just you know you're (laughs) you're doing it wrong when inclusion feels bad because (laughs) obviously there's way more white characters in every medium than there is 
people of color and there's not a lot of like transgender and gay characters and stuff and there obviously should be more (laughs) but when it's like done really cynically just like batgirl is lesbian because why not or bisexual because why not yeah batwoman's a lesbian sjw that hates all men because yeah why not well she's kind of like the poster girl like her and captain marvel it's it's sad to say because i don't think that there's a good female-led superhero property and that's like in the movies or tv shows and that's really other than wonder woman which is great aside from that black widow's good then there's another one yeah there's another one i'm just if it sucks because from from like all the movies she's in black widow's good oh no no no. i think most of the marvel ladies are wonderful Uh, i I thought that's what you were saying just no 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 (laughs) i'm i'm saying exactly the opposite i'm saying they're fantastic but there aren't a lot of female-led superhero movies most of them aren't very good not because of that obviously that it just it's unfortunate but i think the reason that they're not very good and i'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more in our lecture episode which we should talk about lecture soon is because there's kind of those pushes especially in the early 2000s and now like there was like a gap where everything was going well but then now it where it's like oh look it's it's just ladies kicking ass when a guy is fighting crime it's not like a oh my oh man look at this this brave man f- taking taking out the bad guys now it's like why isn't it a woman doing it well why isn't he gay but, but in like a <laughs> yeah but like in Electra, it's like it, or Catwoman or whatever it's like oh man you know what if a woman was fighting crime where it shouldn't matter it should it th- doesn't matter who gen- they are gender <laughs> and sexuality or whatever shouldn't be relevant like that's totally fine to have characters that are are you can have fucking transsexual characters you can have lesbian characters but don't make that the one thing about them yeah <laughs> anyone can be like a superhero yeah but that can't be like their one character trait no if they're a superhero then they have like superpowers yeah their superpower isn't being transgender or a woman no that like, stuff shouldn't matter because i f- when you make that stuff like there's more important things and that's not a character trait but obviously i mean those things those those people struggle with those things because well, those yeah, issues course. aren't as addressed and that should be addressed like you can't just have everything be fine but it shouldn't be the crux of the movie is that she's a woman you could still bring it up but it shouldn't be like the focus and i don't want this to be misread what i'm saying is i think there should i i wish that there was equal representation of everyone and it wasn't a big deal i wish that there was there was characters just like of every ilk and it wasn't like a if it's a straight white man it's a big deal like yeah we're not saying that representation is bad no we're saying we're saying the opposite we're saying it's it's good and but it should be it should be more natural it should be exactly it doesn't need to get forced no you can have whoever you want be a superhero and you should yeah there should be characters of from all sorts of backgrounds that's much better than just having everybody be a white guy which it was for a long time that's why characters like black panther were such a big deal when they happened because that's all like civil rights movement and it's important (laughs) it's really a really really (laughs) really 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 important but it shouldn't be the one thing about them and that's kind of where i stand on that but the point is michael clark duncan's really good in this movie (laughs) he's great when he's on screen so we spent all that time to say he's great in this movie good job yeah good job (laughs) also it sucks that Electra's such an awful movie because i like her in this i like jennifer garner yeah i thought she was actually good in this movie she's quite good yeah i don't know if there's been like a because all the female characters in these movies the I have to do this. I'm sorry for your ears. The reason that the 9 to 5 joke is a thing is because that trope, if you were going to put it on Urban Dictionary, 
I, I do that because whenever there's like a woman in one of these movies, it's like, oh, look, she's a brave, tough woman. She's just making her way in the world. Because the whole point of that song and the point of the 9 to 5 movie is like, oh, it's it's these women and they're just not being treated right. But, you know, they're women and they're just as hardworking as the men. And so it's, it's a cliche. And that's why I always make a joke about it is because it's a cliche thing to have a woman fall into that category. But Electra absolutely doesn't. She's really badass. Is this the first time that she like, keeps up there's Daredevil. a female character that X-Men. Is... Oh yeah, okay. So yeah. was there one before X-Men? No, because Blade you have like Karen. Yeah. Who's also I would also like to talk about Karen Page in this movie. Karen Page is probably one of the biggest Daredevil characters. She's basically Foggy Nelson equivalent, like Karen Page. She's huge in the show. She has a lot more to do. In this, she's kind of and she's usually a huge love interest for Matt Murdock. He usually has a few, just like all Marvel characters, because, you know, it's always a human struggle. He actually, um, what's her name? Heather... I have it written down somewhere. He gets a... (laughs) He gets a voicemail in this movie from a chick named Heather. Um, who is it? Heather Heather Glenn. That's how the Frank Miller Daredevil story Born Again, which is kind of like the quintessential Daredevil story. That's a that's like a direct scene, is that whole voicemail. Except in the comics, she's like this Irish lady that he was dating <laughs> for a while, and this she's not because they got all of their Irish out with Colin Farrell. <laughs> But you have that, and then Karen Page in this, she is the secretary of Nelson Murdoch. That is usually her job. But it's more like a cameo. Yeah, she has like two scenes, and I don't think that she has both of those scenes in the theatrical cut. I think she only has that one scene. And I think they say her name like once, and it would be very easy to miss it. Yeah, well that whole scene actually, like... I was just like, oh, it's Karen, it's Karen, come on, it's Karen, it's Karen, and then he was like, oh, okay, Karen, I was like, there you go, (laughs) because you can't have a Daredevil without Karen Page, just like you can't have without Foggy, or you can't have without Kingpin, she actually, she fills the 9 to 5 moment, because she's literally a secretary who brings the boys coffee, like, it's literally that stereotypicalness, in the Netflix show, she is, like, a cool character, she's investigating all the Fisk stuff, she, like, puts Frank Castle away, and then gets him out subsequently in season 2 of that show, but in this, it's kind, it kind of sucks, she's not really i mean there's already a lot of characters in this movie but it just sucks to not see her have that much to do but electra jennifer garner who ben affleck and her met on the set and then they were married from 2005 and then they got divorced in 2018 which sucks uh, they've both been pretty outspoken about a lot of that they're great they have great chemistry throughout which i mean you know you can you can see that they would get married shortly after this because yeah. it, it works it's like <laughs> it was a little obvious it's like brad and angelina rest in peace (laughs) that relationship (laughs) also yeah they're really fun even though they have dumb scenes like that playground scene scenes like when they're at the party or when they're in the rain and spoiler alert the death of Electra. those are good scenes between them i think that's really good i like the whole he can see in the rain thing that is a thing and i think it's well done here it makes sense yeah (laughs) i at first i thought it was weird and then i thought about it and i was like yeah that makes sense it's a cool little yeah it's cool because we still haven't gone over his powers yet have we well just that he's blind but all his other senses are heightened yeah but also apparently he can fucking leap from skyscrapers and be fine I don't like any of that. Yeah, I hate but, the jumping around. So he can like kind of see because he has like a radar sense. So mm. he relies on like hearing. So he well, can that's kind his power, of see. Yeah, it would make sense that if he can, if his hearing is heightened, then he would be able to see things in the rain because there's a lot of sound. Yeah, in radar sense, 
in Spider Sense, very different. Also, Spider Sense is just like a. You're gonna go on a rant about this? No, I, <laughs> go to our YouTube channel if you want to see a rant about, or the very first episode of the show if you want to hear my whole thing about Spider Sense. Spider Sense is just a very general like Peter, fucking look out, there's danger. Radar Sense is very specific, like oh he can dodge bullets, and there is so much Matrix dodging in this, and it's terrible. There's lots of, of there is. It's jumping out of the way movie. of bullets and fucking avoiding you know whatever. Bullseye's throwing at him. Let's just talk about Bullseye. Bullseye. <sighs> because... I <don't> wanna. <laughs> again, I like Colin Farrell in a lot of later stuff he did. Seven Not Psychopaths, <laughs> he's very good. This is a bad portrayal of this character. <laughs> Murders a guy in his first scene with pins well, or that, something. That's kind of, like, that's fine, I guess. He does so much wacky shit. It's... The rest of this movie tries to be pretty serious other than, like, the playground fight and stuff like that. And then it's just fucking Bullseye. <laughs> and he's, like, snarling at rats. He goes, oh, Bullseye! Oh! <laughs> yeah. It's I thought awful. that was so fucking that's stupid. That's maybe the worst thing he does. And then they have a weird Flippy Blade 2 fight, and he's like an assassin for Kingpin, and he has has this really dumb he has a dumb target on his head obviously and he has a terrible black duster on at all times like a alligator skin duster because it's like there's a weird pattern on it and there's a moment i mean okay would you have preferred his comic costume yeah <laughs> i mean what, what would you prefer yellow spandex i would i would prefer the black spandex and there's a moment where you think he's gonna get it i want to fucking cost you Dude. Yeah, they use their and one F bomb. Doesn't and what the he, fuck? You th- yeah, because I think I remember when I was ten, I I heard that, and he's like, "Oh, one more thing, I want my costume." And I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, he's gonna have." And now he's in the same thing. Yeah, he why is the exact that line in thing. there? Is that line supposed to be like an X Men, just like acknowledging that he has a costume, or is it just like a Daredevil has one, I want one thing? That's what I took it as. That's but bad. then why didn't he get a costume? <laughs> I wish he fucking had one. I mean, I either give him one or don't put that line in the fucking movie the d- director's cut was gonna be the theatrical one but then they're like it's too violent i don't think it's that much vi- it's that, not violent. that violent it's not that bad i don't i don't know i mean the train thing comes out of nowhere but even that but you don't is see not it that, yeah you don't even see and that's in there's but that's there not even cut. any blood in this movie you i don't have think like, there's like any you have like daredevil being stabbed and and like he's bleeding all over walls and stuff i think the worst thing was probably electra because you fucking see it go all the way through her that, out of her back well, that's a direct reference to a very famous comic cover where bullseye kills her yeah but i'm just saying that like it's that's great, probably great the worst thing and even then there's no blood and it's we in, don't it's, see we don't actually see anything and again that's in the theatrical cut like that yeah so then what the fuck <laughs> like i would like to talk about some of the there's some really good recreations in this movie actually of comic stuff there's the and i want to talk about all the weird christian stuff soon but there is that the opening shot kind of or the the big opening shot is him holding onto the cross that's uh frank miller cover at the movie ends with like he's in the mid-fall and he shoots the thing at the camera that's a first issue of guardian devil i think which is the kevin smith run and then the bullseye stabbing her with the sigh and it goes through the costume that's a recreation of when that happened in the comic there's some so i like all that stuff it's always cool to see those exact things the mcu does that sometimes in, in really cool ways like that moment in civil war with the with the clash of the shield and the and iron man that's awesome it's weird to me that this is like an aria director's cut it's yeah. weird to me that some of that stuff was cut out something like completely unrelated that i just remembered being super weird why does he sleep in a 
bathtub coffin? I don't know. I hate it. Like, I why like that. is that a thing? It's that's not never been a thing, <laughs> as far as I know. Like this is it's in like two different scenes in this movie. Yeah. Why does he do it? That's all. It's, no, it's really fucking bad. Also, before I forget, there is another cameo. It's it's a um, blink and you miss it. Frank Miller, who we keep talking about, because he kind of popularized this whole character and of course he wrote dark knight returns he wrote batman year one sin city he's one of the most famous comic writers of all time he has a very brief cameo bullseye kills him and steals his motorcycle <laughs> you like you see his face in front of it because he gets killed by bullseye it's kind of fun that he has that little moment the flippy fight between bullseye and daredevil at the end is awful but most flippy fights in the early 2000s oh, tend yeah. to be especially I mean, kind of just in general flippy fights are flippy very fights fun. are bad yeah i mean you look <laughs> at the prequels those are all flippy fights i mean you can make them fun but it's hard it is hard but spider-man has an incredible finale because it's not flippy it's all like well as soon as they get there's literally no superpowers involved (laughs) no well but there is but they're used brilliantly like he webs up he makes that spider web in front of the goblin he's pulling fucking walls down pumpkin bombs are being thrown it's awesome but it's all practical it's all in camera because sam raimi made the evil dead movies if you watch the evil dead movies especially the first one is super cheap cheaply made because it's made by him when he was like 25 or whatever everything in those movies is practical and they're some of the most innovative movies ever made i feel like what it is about flippy fights is like there's too much space yeah okay yeah i'm interested in this theory i like it (laughs) using the spider-man example again there wasn't a lot of space Mm -hmm. so they couldn't have had a big flippy fight they had to keep it close well i think when there's more distance you can notice that those people aren't really there that it's in a computer like when when they're so close i feel like you like there's not really any like cg you can do you have to do it all practical yeah but big flippy fights have to be cg so they automatically usually look bad even x-men that fight has some wacky moments none of the cg stuff is the problem and i think all that stuff looks good like that thing around the empire state the, uh, not the empire state building which is a mistake i think you made also in the first yeah. x-men thing <laughs> so we just totally fucking flipped that on the statue of liberty where wolverine does the thing it, it's 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 wacky, but it's not, like, shittily made, because obviously he's really there. It's wire work, and I will t- I'll take wire work over CG any day. Because it, it just looks better. It looks much better. I don't know what it what it is. I mean, I know what it is. It looks fake. But that fight's really bad, and it's countered at the end with a really good close fight with Daredevil and Kingpin that I think is really great, because it's just two guys beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> and he fucking breaks his kneecaps. Yeah. And it's brutal. Yeah, that and that's, brutal. that's in the theatrical cut, and when, like, when what I, are they talking when about? I, when I saw that in elementary school, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I had seen some shit by then, but oh my god. Like, because he just snaps both of them. What is the graphic then? They li- I don't he know what it is. He snaps Kingpin's legs backwards. I don't think the weird, like, side boob is in the... Because remember, they're at the bar, and that lady, like, takes her top yeah. off for a second. It's random, and it's... <laughs> Logan is one of the best superhero movies ever made, but there's a really weird moment in that movie towards the start where, in that movie, he, like, in hiding, he has a job as a limo driver, and it shows a bunch of people that he drives around, and then there's randomly a bachelorette party, and one of the girls like, hey, Logan, look, oh, I flashed her tits. Just because it's like, oh, man, we're edgy, here's some nudity, and it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's, like, the worst part of that whole movie. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just a weird it's just thing. Dumb. It's just a weird thing that happens. This kind of has that moment, too. So, I guess that's, like, the only thing I could think of that was too much for theaters, I guess. But even that, like, you can do side boo in a PG theater. Like, Titanic. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I literally saw nothing in this movie that would have made it rated R. This is a PG-13 movie. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Spider-Man, you got fucking... 
people spitting out blood getting stabbed in the dick. Like, yeah, they literally cannot say that there was anything too violent when they leave in Kingpin getting both of his kneecaps destroyed. That, that's probably the most brutal thing in the whole and movie. And the train thing. And the guy getting hit by a fucking train. So what is, also, there's what that, is too violent? There's that recurring thing where Daredevil's like, I'm not the bad guy, kid. I'm not the bad guy. He fucking let that guy get hit by a train. That's the sea train! It's not like, oh, he was too late to save him. He yelled at him, that's not heaven, that's the sea train. Yeah. And watched him be hit by a train. And then he did that he did that thing, and we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks also with Punisher, which is a movie I really like, or I remember really liking when yeah, I saw yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. That movie, he makes like the skull out of fire, but it's Mob Boss's car, so it kind of makes sense. It's in The Dark Knight too, that trope. But he has like like the DD on the ground made, out, like his symbol on the ground made out of gasoline, and Ben Urich just throws a cigarette at it and it lights up. Yeah, that's really dangerous. <laughs> Anybody could fucking like drop a cigarette there and be burned alive. <laughs> like that's that's not safe. Also, what if no one found that? Like yeah. And I think that's the only time that comes up, so does he leave it every time, or did he just happen to leave it that yeah, one time? Yeah, that's not like his calling card. It could have been a counter thing, because Kingpin has that calling card that's the Red Rose, which, like, it's wacky, but I kind of like that. as like Yeah, a, I kind of like that. As, like, a, if you have that, you're marked for death thing. It's cool. I like it. It's very, like, cliche, but it's very comic booky, and a lot of this is... I feel like for Kingpin, it works. Yeah, it works. I mean, you know, he, he can be quite theatrical <laughs> at times. He has a, the whole thing, he's, he's like, he can be very calm and collected, but he has a really shitty temper. Like, if you do anything to cross him, you see that a lot with Vincent D'Onofrio in the show. I've showed you the scene where he fucking just bashes that yeah. guy's head in a car door for interrupting his date. Like, that, it's brutal. His brains are going all I mean, again. we saw that in this when he murders two of his guards that's, for pretty well, much no reason. That's his opening scene, where he snaps a man's neck yeah. on screen. I think that was in the theatrical cut. What is wrong with this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Like, other than the Coolio stuff, which I would like to talk about, Coolio has, uh, I feel like this was wasn't random and really weird to but, me. But I thought it was really funny. Because it's oh, like, yeah. a, it's a B-plot where Basically, Coolio, who, if, I mean, if you somehow don't know who that is. Also, he's a Batman Robin, too. So he's been a superhero. Is he a nerd? <laughs> yeah, I could see him being a nerd. I mean, his name's Coolio. Like, I feel like a lot, yeah, of, that's a lot of rappers are nerdy. <laughs> but he's a big rapper in, like, the, the late 90s. He's in this, and he has a subplot that was cut from the theatrical version, where basically he plays this drug addict guy who's charged with murdering somebody and he's super guilty like <laughs> everything he says is very like pointing to him having killed this guy and he never held and it's foggy nelson has to take this case on on his own so he has this little subplot which is good because you get more john favreau doing his thing i love all the moments where like there's that thing in the courtroom where he's like oh have you ever owned a handgun and he's like no have you ever had intention of owning a handgun no <laughs> will you ever own a handgun no and he's like but a shotgun, a shotgun. <laughs> yeah a shotgun does the job better like i totally would have cut all that shit out if i was editing this movie but i'm glad it was put back in for this director's cut and if you're gonna watch this i totally recommend watching the director's cut because i kind of recommend this movie i think it's a lot of fun and it's i would too but don't watch the theatrical it's version. not an amazing movie so don't but... expect too much from it no, but it don't. is still pretty good. It's a lot of fun. It's not one of the worst comic book movies ever. It has it's, its that's good crazy. points. 
It does. And I don't think it ever really gets boring, even though it's two no, hours No, no, no. I'm always entertained. There's some dumb shit. Yeah, over two hours. It's almost... It's closer to two and a half, I think. Yeah, it's... I think the director's cut is totally worth tracking down, which I'd always heard, oh, you know, the director's cut is good. It's much better. Makes things make a lot more sense. I've always been like, oh, man, I, I don't believe that because it still has, like, the dumb dance fight in it and Bullseye, and so that can't be good. But it's not as bad when there's a lot of other stuff to like, I okay. think. So I found all the differences. Ooh. There are a fuck ton. Okay, but so are any of them yeah. are, are any of them content based? It's just like a lot of random stuff. The neck snapping was cut out. Oh, okay. That makes sense, um, the scene with the metal detector got cut out for some reason. Doesn't matter. The fight in the playground was longer. Oh, okay. That's good that they cut that out then. Or cut that down. I remembered it being longer. I felt like um, the the scene with the bikers was apparently more violent. Yeah, it wasn't really any because anything was violent. It was like the neck snapping and the fight between Daredevil and Kingpin. What and about other, it? Like that, it was more like violent in the oh, okay. version. But I think everything that was added is probably better than what was the actual. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I don't. Yeah, I expected to not like it as much as I did. They do the real the origin story really like obviously just like here's 15 minutes of young matt murdoch oh he's being picked on and his dad's a drunk his dad's a fighter and he's working for crime bosses he's a bad bloke and oh my god he got he got killed by the kingpin and daredevil got blind and he was learning to fucking do flips on rooftops and the city was his playground which i think is like the tagline to the spider-man 2 video game new york city my playground I don't really like any of that. I mean, I think I, it's fine. I think it could have been condensed. And I think there's a lot of like, I hate all of flipping or like jumping from rooftops. That's not really a Daredevil yeah, thing. Yeah, that's weird. Daredevil will run from a rooftop, but he won't do a fucking like, he's not Spider-Man. I think yeah, they, it's not the Spider-Man one scene where he's jumping from like the room. <laughs> but no, but what I'm saying is like, I think they made him do all this flippy stuff and he uses that grappling hook all the time just because like, it, that's basically Spider-Man. He's swinging around. They made him too much like like spider-man in this and that's my main problem with him i like the suit a lot like i know it's just leather but it looks good yeah it looks something that he could have made himself it's yeah. not like the spider-man costume where it's like where it's ho- so like fucking like it's made. incredible and it's... like his costume is literally pretty much a leather tracksuit that's yeah. red and then he put like the dd on the chest yeah but it looks it looks rad yeah like, i it like lo- it a I, lot it, i definitely like it but i don't like the electric costume don't like the electra movie at all i think it might be the worst marvel movie not including like the tv stuff we watched yeah i was gonna say yeah but <laughs> because doctor strange <laughs> at least it's a real generation x are you fucking nuts that was the scariest thing i have ever felt in my entire life i cosmically shit my fucking pants Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I fucking wish we didn't lose that episode. That's that so, was such a good episode. It's one of the best ones we did. In that movie, it's red, which it should be. It should be red, and it should have been red in yeah, this. Yeah, this is just like a black crop top. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just, it's what the comic, it's kind of what the costume looks like in the comic, except it's Worse. black for some reason. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It makes it look a lot duller. This superhero should be in color. <laughs> they yeah, they should have their correct colors, yeah. not black instead of red. But in the movie, in her own movie, which we'll talk about eventually. Oh boy. Because it's, it's interesting that there's another movie in this universe to me. Like, that's kind of fascinating. It's not a yeah. good movie, but that is fascinating. And Stick, who's like Dare- always been Daredevil's mentor, isn't in this. And I always forget about that. Like, he's the guy who teaches Daredevil martial arts. He doesn't, like, teach himself. <laughs> yeah, and this he's kind of just, like, self-taught. Or yeah. He never, he never, like, 
if he get, did get taught by somebody, he never mentions it and, like, never explains it. He just kind of knows martial arts. Well, his dad is a boxer. Also, they changed his dad's name. In the comics, it's Batlin Jack Murdoch. In this, it's Jack the Devil Murdoch. That's bad. I would rather have him, like... I don't know. I guess it's... I think it's fine. I would rather have him come up with the name himself. I don't know. I think... That's just me, though. I'd Like, it's not a big deal. I just think that's... I don't think that's a necessary change. It's not necessary, but, like, there's nothing really bad about also, it. Also, the more I just... think about it... I'm pretty sure that, like, in the movies, which are both directed by Mark Steven Johnson, Daredevil and Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, have the same origin. Hear me out. Matt Murdock's dad, he's a boxer. Johnny Blaze's dad is a... he's a stuntman. Johnny Blaze is also a stuntman. So they both have, like, dads who do dangerous sports, and that eventually gets them killed. And then they they do something as a kid, because Johnny Blaze signs his soul to the devil, and... Your thing to do when you're a kid, but... Well, he does it for... Well, he's not, like, a, he's, like, 16, yeah. but he does it for his dad, because his dad's, like, dying of cancer, and so he, then he signs his soul over to save his dad, but then the devil kills his dad, but not by cancer, because it's a loophole, his dad, he kills his dad, like, a stunt goes wrong or whatever. And so that happens, Daredevil, he has an incident as a child kind of thing, like, maybe it's a stretch, but both of them having a dad that does, like, I a dangerous... It's a bit of a stretch. I think there's, like, only a couple different origins you can have for a superhero. I guess so, but when these are both directed by the same guy, and it's and in both cases, it's his dad does, like, a dangerous sport. It's I think a little bit different of a, enough. It's a, okay. All right. I mean, in this, his dad gets killed because he didn't lose a boxing match. Yeah. And then in Ghost Rider, he dies because of an accident. Which is interesting like, to me because in Pulp Fiction, the whole thing is butch. Weird thing to connect this to, but... Well, <laughs> just that... The thing in Pulp Fiction is Butch, who's Bruce Willis's character. He's supposed to throw the fight. That's why they had the whole, in the fifth, your ass goes down. But he doesn't throw the fight. In fact, he kills the other boxer and then goes on the run. And then, obviously, he runs into Marcellus Wallace, and they have a whole, uh... Wing out the gimp. Ordeal. Yeah, and then the it, time. <laughs> it ends in a pawn shop, and then, uh, he saves him, and then... He's forgiven. I just think it's interesting that in this, it's he does the butch thing just because Michael Clark Duncan and Ving Rhames have the same energy. They're both like a really intimidating black guy and they're both like fucking awesome and I love them. <laughs> I just think that's interesting because those two actors are similar, I think, and they're both working around the same time and to have that kind of story, I think is, is just, I just think that's a cool story <laughs> to have like, you're supposed to like lose this fight and then he doesn't and then he gets murdered for it. I just like connecting things to Tarantino movies, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think this movie gets a bad rep. Yeah, it's I not think the worst. definitely it's not trash like, on it a lot more than it deserves. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. It's not exactly the best thing in the world. No, definitely not. But, but it's totally fine. And I, I had a fun time watching I'd it. I'd watch it again. It's not a better movie, but I would rather watch this than Blade 2, honestly. I, I know you like Blade 2 a lot, a, I a bit I more like than this. I do. I think I like this more than Blade 2. Me even too. though I did like Blade 2. But I Blade like 2 makes more. a lot more sense. Or, well, it has a shit story, though. This has better characters, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think this I think this one definitely has... You know what? Maybe this is better than Blade 2. I, no, this is definitely better than Blade 2. That's too. so weird to me. Because this is on a lot of people's, like, worst superhero movies list. And no. Blade 2 is really well-liked. I, I, I don't think people have seen Blade 2 recently. And I don't I think, think they've, they've seen this. I think they need to see it again. I think they need to watch both of these again. I think this is definitely better than Blade 2. I never thought I would say that. But I think... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, Daredevil. It's better than Blade Two. I think it's well, at least the director's cut. I yeah. don't remember. If, I think the theatrical cut. cut is I think probably the worse. the theatrical cut shouldn't really count. No, but maybe the director's cut shouldn't count. Maybe some will argue we're not watching it in its purest form or whatever. But this is the way. I mean, this is the way it was meant to be. Yeah, seen. that's what I was gonna say. So, technically, we're watching it how it was meant to be in the first place. So yeah, I just think this movie is a lot of fun. Everybody's pretty good in it, other than Colin Farrell, who's pretty awful. And he just, like, kills that old lady for some reason. He's talking about how her grandson gave her a computer or whatever. Yeah, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Kills her. It's weird. All of his stuff is awful. Watch In Bruges if you want a good Colin Farrell. I will leave the link to the In Bruges Blu-ray in the description (laughs) so you can all watch that movie. Leave the Amazon link. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. And maybe I'll leave some links to some of the uh, Kevin Smith and Frank Miller Daredevil stuff, because all that's great. I enjoyed this movie. I'm interested to see like i hate electra but i'm curious to see more of this universe i guess and i like jennifer garner in this movie a lot i think she's i already quite know good. i'm not gonna like electra oh it's, it's terrible yeah i've seen some stuff about it and it does not seem like a very good time at all <laughs> no well i think it might be my least favorite one of these but again it's been a long time or i think i probably saw it in the seventh grade but i didn't like it it wasn't yeah, that means it's definitely been a while since you've seen it yeah so but i guess that's pretty much it for daredevil unless you have anything else to say no not really it. it's a right. better movie than most people think it is yeah at least the director's cut the director's i don't know about and the the, al- the one, album but... is the most 2003 album of all time oh my god fucking god it's unrelenting <laughs> and it's really bad there's so much like it's edgy like, rock it's in like this. the spawn soundtrack the spawn and daredevil i think have the most notorious soundtracks and i feel like new rock i kind of feel like towards the beginning it felt like suicide squad rate of having music oh because there's a song in every scene that doesn't fit the scene yeah i or, totally like that agree. and there's like music like every couple minutes yeah and it's just weird it's not as bad as suicide squad well, and at least the music is like i mean like i think the suicide squad soundtrack is a great has great songs in it i don't think they they're work just together, not used though. well no they don't absolutely not i, I think those are much better songs because obviously you have like fucking Jimi hendrix and, and eminem on that soundtrack those two should not be on the same soundtrack yeah but i like those respectively of each other but this is like like at least there's a through line with this at least they're all the same genre but it's bad it's not good yeah even except though, for the evanescence except stuff. that that's, that's, funny. that's really funny. also the evanescence song during the entire like fucking uh scene at the graveyard <laughs> oh yeah that yeah. was another evanescence song <laughs> that's yeah a different evanescence song. yeah and that just makes that scene funny too <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah what a weird what, what an odd choice but also i'm not surprised yeah yeah i mean it's it's to the it's the early 2000s it is exactly <laughs> it's the year of my creation <laughs> and this is what was going on real quick i want to give a shout out to my grandpa who i really hope hasn't listened to this episode just because this or is like, any of them <laughs> well yeah but i know he has yeah it's thing which is weird but thanks thanks grandpa i love you but my mom's dad this is like his least favorite movie ever i don't know why but he hates this movie he's always talked about how he fucking hates this movie and (laughs) that's interesting (laughs) i mean yeah like like fine that's fine but i think a lot of people just like pick a movie that's their least favorite movie so they can say it usually i would go to leprechaun too now just one more steez and you'll have your precious freedom now I think I tell people it's Tank Girl because I fucking hate that movie. But I only saw that like a few I don't months know, ago. I think all the Leprechaun movies are pretty funny. 
yeah, none of them are really yeah, good. Yeah, they're all still well. I think I saw that bad. in like the fourth or fifth grade. And was like, I've decided I will tell people this is my most favorite. Because <laughs> it's really easy to pick like, it's, any it's, of them. It's fun, yeah. But except like, for the hood ones, because those ones are great. I've only <laughs> seen the first one, and I watched it with you. I haven't seen. Yeah, this. have you seen the second one? <laughs> I think I've seen part of it. I I haven't seen it, but yeah, I stopped at five. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that was that was our take on 2003 Daredevil. We've Next lost week. all credibility for every episode yeah, past probably, this one. Probably, probably. <laughs> Next week we get to talk about X2 X-Men United, which is a hopefully a much better film. I have no idea how I, I'm going to feel about it, because I think last time I maybe watched it was before Logan? Or, I, I, I totally don't remember. Probably. Um, did you do a marathon before Dark Phoenix? I, don't th- I, I watched a few of them. I don't think I watched that one probably watched all the ones with the phoenix in them <laughs> i definitely did i d- well yeah i think i did i watched the last yeah i think i just watched last stand apocalypse not important uh <laughs> what is important is you can find us on twitter and instagram at marvel movie pod you can find us on gmail at marvel movie pod gmail.com you can find me on instagram and twitter you can find me on instagram at flip you can find me on twitter at flip but the e and egg is a three franny is the kingpin of crime he's been on the run oh i didn't like ben yurk in this movie the they're like reporter guys out oh. to get matt murdoch i thought he was really he stereotypical was and like there's a character like that in batman 89 named Knox, and he's basically doing the exact same thing i don't and, know he had a small know. enough part that like i don't really care i yeah i, I didn't like he was in, like, i didn't a like couple it. scenes it was yeah funny. i know i just whenever he showed up because I, I like him in the comics he's usually working with peter parker for the bugle and stuff and then this is kind of like he's good in the show but he gets murdered pretty early on spoilers uh <laughs> You can't find Franny on, on, on social media because he hates all of you, just like he's told you many times. You know what? Oh, sorry, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's joking. There's so many air quotes during that. Okay, I think that's it. Maybe? Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Okay, wake me up inside. Bring me to life. <laughs> wake me up! Wake me up inside! Bullseye.